0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host.
1: Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get too far into things, it's important to recognize our sponsor, On Pay. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on the Land of Business Radio, we have Rick Goddard with the Southern Brewing Company. Welcome, Rick.
0: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, I am doing well. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about the Southern Brewing Company. How are you serving, folks?
0: Well, you know, the Southern Brewing Company has been around now for a little over six years. We just had our six-year anniversary. Uh, We're in Athens, Georgia, and we serve uh, great craft beer to the state of Georgia. Uh, Our distribution is statewide, and we have uh, two tap rooms, um, a mini mini brewery in Monroe, Georgia, and our main uh, production facility in Athens.
1: So, what's your backstory? How'd you get into this line of work? It's
0: uh, kind of a crazy backstory. I, you know, growing up, I always wanted to go into politics, and so being from Houston County, uh, I went up to Washington D.C. with uh, Senator Chambliss as a, or he was a congressman at the time, as an intern, and spent uh, a good eight, nine years with him, and ended up being the chief lobbyist for the beer industry. So I represented uh, 93% of the beer sold in America for eight years. And I just absolutely loved the story of craft beer uh, and how businesses across the country, manufacturing businesses from across the country, were created out of people's garages, basements, and kitchens. And they're, they're just great people and great stories. And, you know, I started to have a family. And uh, didn't want to raise them in Washington D.C., so I had to figure out how to get home to Georgia. And uh, what better way than than craft beer? So that's kind of how the Southern Brewing Company came into existence.
1: Now, are you finding that um, I guess because the laws must have changed at some point to allow these kind of craft brewing companies to pop up? Because it seems like there's a lot more of them today than there was, you know, 20 years ago.
0: The, so, laws in Georgia have uh, started to uh, to be more favorable to the manufacturer. You know, all these laws were put into place at the, the repeal of Prohibition. Um, the federal government put uh, an umbrella out there for states to uh, regulate alcohol inside their border how they saw fit. So, with 50 states, there are 50 different uh alcohol laws so if you're if you're expanding into other states you got to learn uh, another system and georgia had just really had antiquated laws and have legislatures of uh, the legislator and and governor have been great they've recognized that craft is a manufacturing business that is growing and there's people that love the liquid and and not only do are they consumers, but they're voters. And so, when the brewing guild uh, goes to the legislator and, and talks about things that can better help us uh, do business, uh, they've been very helpful and uh, allow us to actually make money selling the product that we that we make.
1: And I think that they add kind of some culture and some um, kind of local flair to the the communities they serve, it becomes kind of embraced by the community, these microbreweries that are popping up around town.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's a gathering place. You know, I always say that beer bonds, um, if you, if you don't want to go have a beer with somebody, you're probably not going to hang out with them anywhere else. Uh, and so it it really does create a, a gathering place for, for communities like our, our, our location in Monroe, um, you know, we didn't really have a lot of distribution around that area before we opened up. Uh, and then we opened right before COVID hit and people have been fantastic in Walton County. The local government has been fantastic. Uh, we we actually moved to the United Community Bank there in Monroe because they were frequenting us. and and recognize that uh, that we could do business together. So the, the community really does rally around the local businesses that uh, that come and invest in their communities.
1: Now um, it's one thing to kind of have this hypothesis of oh a microbrewery would work here, but the bottom line is you have to have a good quality product that the community embraces. How do you kind of create that unique flavor profile that, um, you know, people crave and want more of
0: interesting question you know, you know, the, the, the human palate is just, everybody has a different opinion of what they like. And it's some of our most popular beers, uh, are one is a sour is a raspberry blackberry Berliner, which we call red and black. And, some people can't get enough of it, but you know, if your palate doesn't really gravitate towards a sour, you're not going to like it. So the the beauty of craft beer is we have got beers that run the the gamut of of what craft is. We have dark beers, we have lagers, we have you know sours, IPAs. So you can really steer people into the direction that really fits their palate, and and that's kind of how you create. Uh, c- Consumers uh, with they may have been a Bud Light drinker or or a macro brand drinker, uh, but we've got a light lager and you know, people like to shop local, as we mentioned. And if someone comes in and says, you know, I'm, I've been a, a Budweiser drinker my whole life, what do you have similar? We've got something. Um, and it's kind of the, I kind of joke about it being the gateway beer for macro drinkers to come and drink micro.
1: Now, how important is kind of the design and graphics on your products?
0: Uh, it, is pretty, it is really important. You know, marketing uh, is expensive, and so is designing uh, your labels. We worked with a, uh, a branding company from, from in, uh, Indiana uh, that helped us rebrand after we were in, uh, in business for a couple of years. To really give us that professional look because you know, it all is perception you people go to the grocery store or the bottle shops and if your label doesn't look professional. And the branding isn't quite what it should be people may not take a chance and spend $12 on your six pack.
1: So it just sounds like there's so many moving parts of this. It isn't as simple as, oh, I brewed something and I'm going to throw it out there. There's a lot of testing. There's a lot of experimentation in order to really create the right uh, fit.
0: Absolutely. Um, it, uh, you know, we've got, our brewers are fantastic. They, they're they very ingenuitive. Uh, and one of the things, right when we opened, we... Uh, we're right we're in a a, a town with uh, the University of georgia obviously and uh, Athens Tech and their heads of biology departments came over and they're like why don't you catch your own yeast to brew beer with and we're like we didn't know you could do that so we worked with the the schools and and caught 87 different yeasts off um, rare and common georgia plants uh, we We're working our way through them, but we found that uh, a yeast that we cut off the Cherokee rosebush and a wild azalea uh, yeast strain uh, makes fantastic beer. And so we're the only people in the world with those yeast strains. Uh, You know, some of the ones we cut taste like wet cardboard, but these two that we found uh, have done a fantastic job of creating great flavor profiles that you really can't find in, in any other style of beer because they are unique to our brewery.
1: Yeah, that's a great story, and that, uh, and that just shows you how immersed in the community you are.
0: Absolutely, uh, and we still work with uh, both of those heads of biology to, you know, it's, it's a teaching tool. They bring students over uh, to kind of show them real-life application of what they're doing in school.
1: Now, talk about COVID a little bit um, in terms of uh, obviously it had to impact uh, people going into the tap room for a period of time. But did it, it really impact sales? Because I would imagine a lot of folks were bringing stuff home.
0: So, yeah, COVID was a very interesting and challenging problem to have uh, with everyone. But we are, we're, we're a small and family owned. Uh, brewery so you know what what's what money is coming in the door is what money is going out the door to pay salaries uh, buy ingredients and all that so I had to really make a decision early on uh, with my partner and we decided that you know with all the unknowns we had to shut down the brewery for 10 weeks uh, and so we we brewed we filled the tanks and you can only brew uh, so much beer cuz you run out of a uh, tank capacity. So we couldn't just keep we couldn't brew once and then brew again and brew again and just have enough beer to sustain us for 10 weeks. So what we found was people yes were purchasing more uh beer to go home, off-premise sales because restaurants weren't open and so the shells were starting to get empty. We were we were, were going over there and packaging as much as we could, but we ran out of beer. And so beer isn't something that you can create overnight. So with 10 weeks out of production, we had to go in and brew everything back. But the shells, our distributors were out of beer. The, the store shells were out. So it took us about eight months to really catch our tail and catch back up from all those lost sales over the uh, over that ten week period and the and the ability to not brew beer
1: so now were you kind of forced to do some things that maybe were outside of the scope of what you intended the company to be, but you were able to create kind of additional maybe um, uh, product services or um, loyalty programs or anything like that
0: um We did do pop up in Monroe, for example, we did and we did this in Athens, too. But like I said, we opened the Monroe location about in October of 2019. So a few months before um, the the COVID uh, pandemic really hit. And so what we would do is go over and not open up, but open up, post on social media that we're doing a pop up uh, six pack sale. So we would go over there and just open the door and sell beer to go uh, out of the tap room, and the community just route, we had lined down the block. People that thanked us for doing this, and and one of the reasons they came was to make sure that we stay open because they love the location, they love our product, and they didn't want us to leave. And you know, we even had people dropping by and, and giving us you know a twenty dollar bill to give to the staff that weren't working. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see that whole community come together um, and, and just through a, a pop-up beer sale that we we didn't do beforehand.
1: And that, that kind of scarcity also brings in a crowd that says they don't want to miss out on this because they don't know when it's coming back.
0: Yeah, well, that too, you know. And I think you know, at the time we started doing it, people were getting stir crazy in their house and and ready to get out and, and do something, even if it was stand in line and buy beer.
1: Now, can you talk a little bit about the Southern Woodpile Program?
0: So the Southern Wood Pile Program was was created out of that that Wild Yeast Program uh, that we that we kind of created with the University of Georgia and and um, and Athens Tech. They uh, we've got hundreds of barrels that we use to age beer in you know uh, we've got tequila barrels bourbon barrels white wine barrels red wine barrels and in all of those programs we use those those wild-caught yeasts. none of it is production yeast and and i would probably say that 99 percent of the beer made in america is made with commercially bought yeast and might even be a higher percentage than that. Cause I don't even know anybody that has their own yeast strain, especially a brewery our size. Um, but we really have, yeah. COVID was a interesting thing in the bit that bail program didn't really, wasn't really affected by COVID because you know, we age beer from a year to two years in those barrels, uh, and that's why those we we didn't really see any uh, issues with that with closing for ten weeks.
1: Now, what are you uh, most looking forward to? What are you seeing in the future?
0: I'm really looking forward to you know restaurants and bars getting back to normal. Um, we, here in Athens, there's still a lot of restaurants that, that, that aren't at full capacity, you know, there's staffing issues. And so that really hurts the, the, the beer sales on our side, because, you know, there's not many people at the restaurant, uh, and they're not staying as long. So we're seeing beer sales, uh, on premise going down.
1: Are you, are you seeing that, but now. but, um, Part, part of your business is the in, in the uh, location sales, but uh, you also distribute uh, throughout the state, right?
0: Correct. And, that, and, that's, and that's basically what uh, we're, we're seeing the most hurdles to get over is, is getting these restaurants back open, getting people feeling comfortable to stay longer, sit at a bar, sit close to people. Uh, I don't really love the social distancing term because it, it, people are social, and and I don't really want to see people not being social and and staying away from each other. Because, like I said earlier, beer bonds, and sitting around, hanging out, and being social is is, is very important, especially to especially to beer sales.
1: Now, are you available in like liquor stores or grocery stores?
0: We are. Um, we, we sell in, in both of those locations We're we're looking to expand our footprint in the larger box stores like Kroger and Publix. Um, uh, we also are in a lot of, uh, bottle shops around the state, uh, liquor stores that are, um, not the company uh, or the, the big company owned, uh, grocery stores, but local mom and pop locations.
1: So if somebody wants to learn more about your offerings or check out the tap rooms, uh, what's the website? What's the best way to find you?
0: Our best way to find us is www.sobruco.com.
1: That's S O B R E W C O.com.
0: Correct. And you can find us on Facebook and, and Instagram Um, We also have a Twitter account, all under the same SoBruco.
1: Good stuff. Well, Rick, congratulations on all the success, and thank you so much for sharing your story today.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.